0: Live from my bedroom, it is Stay Busy with the Boy, Armand Sadler. Welcome to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, episode 22. Uh, This is the podcast where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. Me, I'm the boy, Armand Sadler, head honcho, vegan chorizo poppy, Three Mile Monday poppy, a lot of different nicknames. I know you you should understand by now, you get it, but I'm not here alone. What's good, sir?
1: What's going on, y'all? How you doing? My name is Nick Early, executive producing co-hosting, just wearing all the hats, trying to make this happen, y'all. We're so excited that y'all are still listening to us. Episode 22, like you said, the Taylor Swift episode.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Don't know about y'all, but we are feeling 22. Okay. I uh, want to give some love to our first-time listeners, returning listeners, regardless of where you're listening, how you're listening, whether you're Team Jill or Team Erica, mm. whether you prefer AirPods or Beats, whether you have learned to cut your own hair yet or not, And if you have been blocked by Dr. Umar Johnson on Twitter yet or not, (laughs) how did you get blocked? Tell us briefly. Tell us the story on how you got blocked by him. I've, I've, I I have really enjoyed the humor that he's brought to the timeline. And so like, you know, certain things come up and people use his memes or they say things where, where it's kind of relevant to throw one of his quotes at them. And I think I tagged him in like one tweet, but he's like, he's very, free with that block button so i think it was just <laughs> one tweet they just took one and uh, he uh he he, he threw me in, into the block party so you know wow. it's cool man it's cool we here you know <laughs> I, I i guess that means i made it i'm not sure um That's childish. But, uh, right yeah he's 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 sensitive but it's fine i get it i get it the prince of pan-africanism um <laughs> in kong consciousness but i want to give love to Uh, all of you again for tuning in our landlords providing us these spaces anchor our distribution platform uh if you do not know anchor we'll distribute your podcast for free to all of the streaming platforms that you would like to use and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your relationship i want to throw a quick ad myself uh, if you do not know, my EP is on the app Voicy. I believe we discussed it last week. He's <laughs> dropping some stuff on there on his IG. If, if you don't have the app, get on the app, follow him there. Right. Um, I'm also going to do a little self boasting myself. I dropped a review on Dark Lane demo tapes this week, um, which got got a lot of um, a lot of a lot of commentary. I really enjoyed the conversation I was able to create. I think. A lot of the reviews and reactions to it uh, stimulated feelings within me that a lot of other people had. So I think it was really good for uh, me to get that piece out. I felt really good about it. To give you guys some, uh, just a quick backstory, I've been working on my review the entire week. I, I set a deadline for myself for Thursday morning, and then 11 p.m. Wednesday, I was like, yo, I'm really not feeling what I have. So I scrapped the whole thing wow. and started over and finished it at 4.30 and got it out and it uh, did pretty well. So I'm happy about it. I'm looking to put some more stuff out. And it's just really good to be back in this in this space uh, creating. Um, so I want to get into the chat now. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of sad news to begin with. We lost three different very influential, impactful people uh, within music and the culture. Uh, first, want to begin with Lil Richard. Uh, he is simply the reason rock and roll exists today. He's known as the architect. He's known as the, the innovator. All everyone who has taken up a part of that genre or who has derived influence from it, they all have little Richard to thank. Um, so we want to extend our condolences to him. Uh, do you have anything you want? My bad. It's an awkward transition. (laughs) No, it's good. I mean,
1: truthfully, like, it's been really challenging to think about like an era I was talking to, I forgot who I was talking to, but it's like an era of people that, I mean, in my house, my dad is from, uh, you know, from. Oh, he's my dad's a little older. My parents a little older. So the music that I heard growing up was of that sort of generation, the stuff they grew up listening to. And uh, Little Richard was someone who I was very familiar with. I've seen the movie. Shout out to Leon. Leon, we don't give Leon his flowers. He's played David Ruffin. He's played Little Richard. He played mm. the Derek Banner from Cool Runnings. He played all types of stuff. But anyways, um, yeah, like Little Richard was, you know, one of those pioneers. Little Richard walked so Prince could run. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he, he gave a lot of the people who were up in that era. And cause he was, you know, one of the fathers of that, like James Brown was in his band. Like a lot of people who were really popping, like um, that we look at as, you know, like our heroes, icons, they looked up to him and he was one of their, he was their OG. And so I just, yes, I just want people to realize and understand the legacy. And, you know, while he was here, people didn't really give him his flowers. I, I think it was because he was so different because he was so outspoken, you know, like, David Bowie, the Beatles, all these people cited him as their as their like their guy, you know what I'm saying? So like um, it's it's really, really sad to see someone like him go and leave this earth. And I think a lot of people really need to understand who he was and people who do our music need to understand who he was. So Uh, R.I.P. Little Richard, he's also my birthday twin. We had the same birthday. So, yeah, man, Man,
0: that's crazy. Yeah, definitely a good opportunity to, you know, look back, check out some older music. And I'm, I'm sure listening to him, you all will hear you can literally hear how everyone else kind of followed his model. Um, so, some more unfortunate news. We have to say rest in peace to Andre Harrell. Uh, he worked very, very closely with Diddy. I actually had the chance to meet him back in the summer of 2017. Wow. at Source 360. You're um, hearing him speak. You know, his story was very, very, very inspiring. Um he uh so for, for those of you who do not know, he was a, he was the founder of Uptown Records um, and Diddy actually interned for him um, and Harrell fired him. And his reasoning was that it was time for Diddy to grow. And this is what propelled Diddy forward to making Bad Boy Records, which fostered so many different careers. So, you know, while while we do recognize Diddy as someone who is also a pioneer within this culture and a trailblazer, you know, he has Andre Harrell uh, t- to thank him for kind of giving him. That push,
1: yeah. Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, uh, Robin Thicke. You have so many people. You know, uh, Heavy D. He was involved in that. Uh, Teddy Riley was part of this group called Guy. Like, he was involved in that, and it's just so so many things. And he was one of those people that you know, if you know, you know how important he is. But like, uh, most every music documentary that has to talk about modern music, he's in it. He has some point, you know, to say because at one point he did become the CEO. Of, I think it was a CEO. Not the CEO, but like he was the president of Motown at a certain point uh, for a short mm. time. But like he, he's really, really uh, a huge giant in the industry. And so, um, from all the things that I've seen and read about him, seemed like he was just a very genuine person. Um, I did not have the fortunate opportunity to meet him. But uh, yeah, RIP to Andre Harrell.
0: Yeah. Um, and last, of course, not least, uh, we want to say rest in peace to Betty Wright. For those of you who may not be aware, legendary soul singer, Grammy winner. Um, just one of those names that that, that you hear and, and you might not be able to like point out specific song titles, but 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 you've heard her music before and, and you know it. Uh, more recently, you you've heard her on some DJ Khaled albums. He repeatedly uh, would bring her in and it was it was it's dope to see that, you know, someone who's, you know, m- m- more of a modern act, more of a modern talent has that ear to recognize what someone from the past who got famous in the 1970s could bring to the table. Um, she's also really well known for uh, her use of the whistle register. Um, Nikki, you want to explain that to the people? Yeah. The- so,
1: so whistle registers, like people uh, like Mariah Carey, got famous of doing that, not got famous of it, but that's one of her signatures. It's, it's that super high, super, super high uh, register where you're basically like, they call it whistling. It's above, you know, your head voice. It's like that highest, highest register you can get to. Very few people can access that. And then of course, be able to control it. Minnie Ripperton, you know the la 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 that song, do 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 ah that joint, mm-hmm. um,
0: that's whistle register. So you know she was one of the pioneers
1: of that. They said,
0: yep, yep. So want to extend our our condolences to her and her her family as well. The families of all these people, it, it, it honestly just feels like we haven't had a break uh since Juice World, and then I mean you know prior to that there was Nipsey and Mac and. It's, it's tough, but, you know, uh, moments like these, we can come together and, and remember all, all that these people brought to the table and, and celebrate them as, as, as they deserve to be. Um, moving forward, this is major for us. Uh, we've been uh, be building to this for, for months. Um, Keilani finally dropped her album, It Was Good Until It Wasn't. It included features from Lucky Day, James Blake, Tori Lanes, Masego, Janae Aiko, I don't think I'm missing anyone. Um, I, I, at first, and I I, I will admit, I I think by us building it up the way we have, I, I was really excited about it. I had some high expectations. So my first listen wasn't amazing. Upon you know going back to it, there were some immediate standouts. Can I with Tory Lanes? I really liked the pocket they they found on that song. I love the production. I love Aiko's feature. Masego Masego on on saxophone is it's he's 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 a killer. Um, all, all the features were good. I, I would say Lucky Day probably had my 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 favorite one, um, but it it, it 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 wasn't amazing. Like I I, I liked it. I I didn't love it and it's, I I think I'm, I'm going to have to grow, grow with it in some time. How'd you feel about it?
1: I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to have to grow into this project Um, as a huge, you know, Kaylani like proponent stand. No, I'm not a stand, but like, I'm, you know, I always cheering her on. I want to see her do well. Um, For me, it was, it was, You know, we talked about it offline. It was, it's a little, for me, it was like a kind of a misdirection between while we wait and then this project. And I mean, I had heard the single, so I kind of knew where she was trying to go, but like, I didn't expect as much, um, sort of like trap and B as well, <laughs> you know, that, that <laughs> was given to us. Um, I thought that it was, I thought it was solid. However, I just, I thought there were moments where I was just like, Oh, I want a little more depth. I want a little more, like show me a little more. Um, it, it didn't leave much to be desired. I wouldn't say that. Um, but I think there was moments where I was like, ooh, just give me, give me a little more. Go a little deeper. Um, for me particularly, I was really excited to to hear some of the features and how she uh, was you know, going to utilize the feature. Uh, I thought the – what was the song? I thought that the Masego one, I really wanted Masego to sing. I kind of wanted them to do a back and forth. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to that. Um, and that didn't happen. And so there were just moments where I felt like, oh, dang, I wish – maybe selfishly i'm like oh i want this to happen i want that to happen right. <clears throat> but yeah i didn't get it and mm-hmm. i thought the lucky day feature was really good i really mm-hmm. thought that that was one where i was like oh finally you know this is something that i really love the james blake was for me hearing Kaylani. i felt like she was pushing herself and that's what i was really excited for mm-hmm. is that i wanted to hear a little bit of you know different stuff from her um and i understand where they play. they placed it towards the end of the album um it's not bad it's third to last but it's not it's not a bad placement open to me is the best song on the project mm-hmm. production vocal production pen vocal performance all of it to me mm-hmm. open really encompasses where i thought this whole project would have had sonically um mm-hmm. and so i honestly think it's a, it's it's a solid project i will have to sit with it more and yeah. give it another listen but at first listen i prefer while we wait mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I too want to want to say to our listeners because you know we preach taking time and letting things grow. So like, this is not my final thoughts. I'm not, I'm not trashing the project. I, I did like it. Um, I, I too felt like the songwriting was a bit stronger on While We Wait, and it was like immediately noticeable when I first listened to While We Wait compared to this. I do agree the vocal performance here is really good. The vocal production, like just in terms of like. The vibe of it, like I, I could really get into it, and like there, the, there were some some hooks that I immediately uh, picked up on. So, so she, Kehlani has does a really good job of those making those like sticky hooks. Um, but yeah, this is definitely something that that, that I'm gonna have to sit with. Um, it didn't have the first listen impact that a Brent uh, Brent's project did, or Kiana Lades did, or Divisions did, but it was good. It was good. So I'm I'm looking forward to to listening to it more, um, and want to give big love to to Kehlani, uh, for that. Uh, moving forward, next up, uh, Takashi Six <laughs> Nine has—he's done it—you know, uh, against all odds, despite all <laughs> doubts, he is free Yo. due to COVID, and he has released his newest song and video, Gooba, which <laughs> earned the biggest YouTube debut ever. Wow! Following that. Wow. And now I will just sprinkle this in really quickly. He had one of the biggest IG lives ever with two million people tuned in. Wow. That's <laughs> two million. So Gooba. Um, I mean, it's 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 what you expect from, from 6ix9ine. It's very high energy. It's very just in your face. Um was it good? I mean it... I, I, I didn't hate it i i have a very i'm just not very interested or a, as entertained by him the person anymore um i never really was but like i mean for, for him to have put to put out such a nice looking visual and a song that people seemingly like like i'll I'll give him his credit. <laughs> that's just really... So that's all I
1: got. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, we could keep it moving. I think the visual was very strong for, especially like a COVID era vis- like visual. I think it was very strong. Um, yeah. <laughs> keep doing you, Takashi. Keep doing <laughs> yeah. you. I will say, I will say, musically, I did appreciate that finally for the second verse, he didn't scream. Like we could mm-hmm. hear his regular voice. And so he just brought some regular voice stuff. So, all I right. mean... Yeah. Keep doing you, Takashi. Keep doing you,
0: sir. Yeah. What I was more interested in or more upset by, rather, was Meek Mill was giving him the time of day, tweeting at him, subtweeting him, Instagram comments. And like, you know, we know Meek has the Twitter fingers habit. We saw it with Nicki Minaj. We saw it with his beef with Drake. But it's like Meek being where he's at in his career, you know, being the face of you know, reform and really, really maturing and being this, this social justice guy that people look up to, you know, to be spending his time tweeting at six, nine was very upsetting to see. And I mean, like, he's not lying. Like six, nine is definitely a snitch. And like for someone to be (laughs) proud of, proud of being a snitch, like that's, that's very weird behavior. But, um, you know, for me, I just feel like he's, he's got bigger things planned and he really shouldn't waste his time in the pig pen with Takashi six, (laughs) nine, not the pig pen. I mean that's, that's that's
1: really what it is like hey, it is what it is yeah i'm not too worried about it let's not even spend that much time on it next
0: yeah <laughs> um so we got a new single from Bujubantan Bantan and John Legend I,
1: lo- I appreciate the attempt
0: i of appreciate it Of course of course bro I'm, I'm i'm out here i'm out here song is called memories and it was it was good man john was sounding real real nice um i don't think i've ever heard him on a record like this before And it didn't sound like it was forced. It didn't sound like there was any growing, growing pains. Like his performance was very, very effortless. I
1: love, I love this track, man. I was sitting here listening to it, just wooing, wooing the whole time. Like, wow, what I'm excited. It sounds like John has finally, you know, he's gone out, he's crossed over. He's done. He's become a household name. He's an A-list star, you know, with all the stuff he's done. But it sounds like he's finally coming back to doing sounds that like, people love you know what i'm saying that, that the reason why i put him on it sounds like he's going back to the sound that put him on in a new modern way so i love this collab it's really true it's some real reggae like buju doing his thing john really floated gave us some real vocals on this one so if y'all haven't heard it go check it out uh mem- i think some memories yeah memories buju bantan and uh, john legend
0: fire and with that i wanted to throw out a little spicy question uh if John Legend had to do one of those versus battles, which we've been seeing who 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 do you think would be a good matchup now i I understand you you're a big John fan, so you know the the bias might seep in, but you know who 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 you think is
1: is matching up man this is this is so hard to say because with John, I feel like the only people that I could see him that I think it would be like a not a fair battle but a battle that we would you know we could go back and they could go back and forth with so far as hits go. I'm thinking either music, Soulchild, or Maxwell. Like, so far as people who I think, like, have the catalogs that are, you know, up-to-par catalogs that are kind of, you know, equal. And I think even more so music and John as opposed to, like, Maxwell and John. And you, what do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, like, my my first thought was music. Um, I didn't think Maxwell, just because I feel like Maxwell popped a little sooner, and I think he might have the luxury of a more... Known and lengthy discography, if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think John will, 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 will beat music. I don't know about Maxwell though. I think I i, I think Maxwell's taking that, but I yeah, it's I not a,
1: if Maxwell does take it, it's not a clear beat, it's right. not, oh, it's yeah. not a clear beat. Yeah. It's not like, oh no, yeah. he's smoking him. Like, yeah. there's
0: what you mean? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I i gotta think on it man because like you know i'm an, I, and obviously i love john i I know john's discography like john got john got stuff and like and i was thinking because like the time john popped it, it was around the same time as like you know kind of around chris brown and mario but you wouldn't match them up just because right, i feel of like course not. They, they, their type of music so it's like there's not too many people john could face and he and you know like even if you thought of other similar artists that popped around their time like i i don't i, I don't think any of them would compete but uh yeah, I don't know, man. I I think Maxwell, yeah. I'll 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 have to look into this a little more. I'll definitely have to look into it a yeah. little more. Um speaking of, of these versus battles, next week we got Ludacris versus Nelly. Who who you got here, man? Uh to me this I don't really really like this one,
1: to be honest. Like I don't really like this, this comparison. I think, cause to me, in my mind, I'm just like Luda got it. It's just, it's kind of like when you think about hits, when I think about discography, like Luda got it. Nelly has. I think this is for people who really know both discographies in depth. Like obviously, Nelly has a few joints that he's gonna give us. Dilemma. He's gonna give us hot in here and and the other grills. He's gonna give us those few you know joints. But like when When Luda came to Cornell and did Slope Day, like for me, I've always loved Luda, right, but that's yeah. when I truthfully realized like he went on like an eight song stretch where everyone knew every lyric of the song, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and I'm like, does Nelly have that? Does Nelly have the the stretch of like eight to ten songs where everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my God, losing their mind, and I don't think so, like Luda could play chicken and beer and have a, a few joints from that, you know what I'm saying? He could play the um I forget the name of the album, but he got pimping all over the world. He got, he got stand up. He got move. He got roll out. He got like, he got joints. He got uh, the how low can you go? He got all types of joints. That's so I'm just like, is this a fair comparison? And I'm sure Nelly has them crazy deep cuts. You know, Nelly stands on his own too. We know that, but Ludas run was for a really long. He had a really long run, man. So I don't know. To me, this is like a in my head. I'm thinking, oh, this is a clear beat. But I'll have to dig into Nelly's discography a little more to see. Like, we know Nelly got some joints, and it's all going to mm-hmm. be, of course, as we say with these battles, it's all about curation and placement. Yeah. But because them to me it's not I don't know. It just doesn't really seem like a battle. Like I feel like Luda should be going against someone else, or Nelly should be going against someone else. To me, that's mm-hmm. just my personal feeling.
0: Yeah, I I I'm definitely excited for it. I think in terms of when they both popped and when they were popular it makes sense i I do agree i think luda has a bit more but i I think it's gonna be closer than people think um i think we gotta factor in like features as well and i feel like with these battles we've all picked a side early on and and then we've kind of been surprised by by a competitor so i think nelly could have that that surprise element that could work in his favor but i i I do agree i think in the end luda would come away with a victory like it's like you said like it's it's so easy to name 10 to 15 big luda songs and like and not that nelly doesn't have big records either but i feel like Ludas are more easily recognizable or or like just that you you can remember them a a lot easier so it'll it'll be fun it'll definitely be fun um and last but not least we're finally blessed this past weekend with the erica versus jill scott versus which really wasn't much of a versus it was more like a community healing space it felt um kind of felt like hanging out with your two cool aunts um and man like when listening to that kind of music and just they're 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 also two of those artists where joe scott's voice is obviously so memorable and, and and like so is erica's but it's like you might not know the song titles you might not, you might only know certain words or certain lines, but, but, but you hear the stuff and you're like, wow, like I've been hearing this my whole life, like car rides and just, you know, cookouts and hanging out with family. And like, they just had so much respect and love for each other. You know, the stories that they told, did the, you, you, you got me was, was the first song Jill wrote, like in, in her career. you mean Erica? Not... No, Jill. You got me?
1: Yeah. You, Jill wrote that for Erica? Jill wrote that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Wow, I missed that part. And that was one of the, that was the first song she played. I didn't even realize it.
0: Yeah, no, they told the whole story because like Jill played her her, her version back back like right after.
1: Oh, that's what was yeah. happening. I was kind of half in half out I was on the phone during the, wow. Mm-hmm
0: yeah 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 oh. yeah bro so like they did they they had ties like from the beginning and yeah just seeing how, how much love and respect they had for each other like you know predicting what songs would come out it was it was it was real real dope i had a great time and it, it was like three hours long yeah cause, it was because it was <laughs> they started out playing full songs um uh, but you know but people didn't didn't mind at first so wow. yeah, it was it was great that was yeah it was it was
1: really like a, it was a, I was like, dang, this is my, what, uh, sister circle might feel like, you know, like <laughs> it, it was really like, it felt so, yeah, just a like healing space. Like people, it was more someone I saw, <laughs> you know, I had to go to Twitter to see all this stuff. Like, but someone had said it was like more like uh sisters instead of verses with the Z, mm-hmm. sisters with a Z instead of verses. Yeah. Um, and someone also said it was like Jill is your drunk auntie and Erica's your high auntie literally <laughs> it was so it was just so great like they um uh, i remember Erica you know like she was it was about not Erica um Jill was you know like tearing up when when certain songs were being played like the Erica played i think it was um i forget what song Erica played but like Jill just started tearing up and i'm just like dang this is like this is really emotional like the whole the whole time you felt a vibe Erica was, you know, speaking like such a wise sage, the oracle Erica, like, you know, just it was it was just it was really amazing. So I'm I'm glad that we needed that. I think the community needed that
0: more than we realize. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was a wild week. A lot went on. So I think I think we need that. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, I, a lot of people wanted Jill to bring out the microphone um this is not the place <laughs> very nasty folks but um it was it was it was a good time it was a real good time um so let's jump into our half and half what you what you sipping on today i'm sipping on some echinacea y'all know hmm. about
1: the echinacea i know you've heard that word in your life but echinacea uh it aids in healthy cell growth cells are important of course it lowers your blood pressure and it's also anti-inflammatory it has been seen to be you know anti-inflammatory so any pain always starts from inflammation so Drink some Echinacea and get that inflammation up out the paint. All right. So this half and half is coming from musicbusinessworldwide.com. This is SoundCloud to launch originally produced a live programming on Twitch by Murray Stassen. Shout out to Murray Stassen for this one. So SoundCloud, if those don't know, Twitch, first of all, Twitch is a live streaming service um, where most people it's, it's very big in the, in the uh, video game industry where people come on and they like live stream, share their screen, and people can jump in on a chat. It's like creating your own channel. People have made comparisons to be, being basically like the live version of YouTube, more live stream version of YouTube. All mm-hmm. We know YouTube has a live stream capacity, but Twitch has existed purely kind of in that lane of having live streams and people tuning in sort of like, you know, creating a community. I've been just messing around on Twitch, just kind of watching, see how it works out because I've been – uh, kind of contemplating myself joining as a, as an artist because there's people on there who uh, have been playing music. They'll just sit there and play covers and people will give them money. It's kind of like a real community thing that I really like about Twitch. So um, this is talking about well, I thought this was interesting is that SoundCloud is launching their new Twitch channel. Um, so, this was last week. So, they've already launched a channel, uh, SoundCloud on Twitch, which has allowed them to, as they've described it, quote, a new home for all artists, creatives, and listeners to meet emerging acts, hear from uh, some major names in music, and connect directly with the SoundCloud team, end quote. So this is really interesting because I think a few weeks ago we were talking about SoundCloud and what they've been doing, in investing uh, with their investment with Sirius XM. And so the, the moves that they're making at SoundCloud and kind of, I think, developing their business and seeing like, OK, what's the next step for us as a uh, business that has had the artists and the consumers first? And so Twitch is definitely an a platform for the people who are making the content. And I think this is a great place for SoundCloud to kind of be making an investment. They're going to be doing a lot of their own content uh, that is basically new shows. That's the cool thing about Twitch, too, is that you allow to kind of create your own format and schedule. And everyone who's on Twitch has like a, you know, we're on Mondays at 10 or we're on Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 3 p.m. It's kind of like one of those things where people tune in like it's as if it's a show. And people go all out on Twitch with all the, the animations and the production camera angles. I'm telling you, it's like a real thing. If y'all have not seen Twitch, go on and just check out some Twitch videos. It's really dope. Um, so their content is going to include uh, studio sessions with Selection. If those don't know about Selection, Selection is a collective uh, of just amazing, I think, producers, artists, all types of people who make really great uh, kind of like... I don't want to describe their music, but it's kind of, you know, it it fits into, like, the instrumental, lo-fi, hip-hop, underground stuff. It's really dope. Selection uh, has—they break a lot of dope artists. Um, So they're going to be hosting a 90-minute music show with their founder, Joe Kay. So that's going to be on SoundCloud on Twitch. Uh, it's basically. Also, they have a three-hour live, a uh, weekly live chat series called S- uh, Cloud Bar. So it's basically about how tos, finding your career in music, and more industry insights for people who are trying to, you know, discover themselves in music culture. Artist well-being is what they're saying. Uh, we actually had the opportunity. Me and Armand we were watching. One of them that they did this past week, where they had a few people on, a uh, Georgette Klein, she's from Double XL, and they had my man from the mask, uh, he's in Mascarilla Records, but they were telling their story. It was really dope, and I think this is really important for artists to kind of see as Twitch is kind of seeming to make their foray into music. I'm really excited. this also, people don't know, Amazon owns Twitch, so <laughs> this is the big powers coming into this this lane here. And I think Twitch on music. If you're an artist, you're listening to this. Uh, if you're a curator, you create any sort of content, I would really urge you to consider thinking about Twitch. I've seen some of the people that I follow who have been doing YouTube lives, kind of ditch YouTube live and go to Twitch. Twitch is one of those things that could be the next place for people to be discovered. And I'm sure people are already getting discovered from Twitch, getting sponsorships, so on and so forth. So really take it seriously. I think this is one uh, great to share for the community. So shout out SoundCloud for developing their business and getting into more stuff. And shout out to Twitch for creating a platform for people to really share and create communities for artists.
0: Yeah, we're seeing this new wave. So you either got to get on or fall behind. Uh, let us shout out our employee of the month one more time, Chris Omar. Yeah, Chris the boy if you all do not know chris is a director filmmaker and videographer he's got credits in title rap radar and title car test dreamville brooklyn nets hbo and atlantic and he was a 2019 doc nyc official selection one more time shout out to our employee of the month my boy chris Chris. all right let us slide the best song wasn't the single but you weren't either. Okay, slide deck time. You guys know the best song was not the single, and you may not be either. I'm going to throw mine out first. I was I was in a day 26 bag uh, this past weekend. So, <laughs> so I've got Are We in This Together, produced by Brian Michael Cox. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Baby. Through a lot, but
0: I just gotta know one thing. Are we in this? Are we in this together? I need to know another beat. God's true. They say that true love is so hard to find. Well, I'm gonna take my time and i These guys, I was I was a little fanboy watching making the band when I was younger, and you know watching the studio sessions and D- Diddy roasting them and sending them to get cheesecake and everything. <laughs> and man, yeah, I was I was just in a very very nostalgic this weekend, I guess. And I listened to that project. I was like, that was a really really good album. So I ended up throwing a tweet up on the uh, on on our on our uh, stay busy page, and it got mad people were coming out the woodwork, like um you know think about day twenty six and talking about how how good the project was. This song in particular. Um, I really love, you know, the harmonies, the the, the the chorus there. Would you live for me? Yeah, yeah. Are we in this together? Like, they, they did a really good job of blending all their vocals together. And they were all very, very unique, unique artists. Like, mm-hmm. they all brought something good to the table. And for a five-man group, you know, obviously it kind of, it makes sense that it didn't work out in, in a way. Um, but, and we really haven't seen any big groups like this since, you know, it it just sucks that, uh, that they weren't able to reach the heights that they could have. They they, they did put some music out recently, but, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't think that they they accomplished what we all thought that they were going to being under Diddy and just how much momentum was around them at the time. Right. So yeah, but that's my deep cut. What you
1: got? So I just wanted to talk about that one really quick. I love the vocal production on these records way back when, for those who don't understand or don't know, vocal production is kind of like. I'm never explaining it this way before, but uh, it's kind of like how you. Produce and tell the vocalist to either sing a certain line with certain conviction or the way you kind of arrange how the whole song is going to come together vocally. So you think about like, are we going to have, you know, like, we're going to stack the vocal here. Are we going to harmonize here? Oh, I want you to give me more, like, give me more emotion on this take. I want you to say it as if, you know, she just walked out the door. That's how, how vocal producers are in the studio. And those vocal producers are very important. Some producers can do vocal production, but some, you know, that's some people are literally, their job is to be the vocal producer and try to get the best take out of the artist and you can hear that from like early 2000s records all the way up to 2010 you hear a very strong vocal production um and so i really wanted to highlight that for this record yeah so the one the slide that i got really dope um i've been growing to love her more as an artist this is uh plastic plants by mahalia uh, she just released an isolation tapes during this covid era um, this is produced by curtis mckenzie jahan sweet and felix joseph Movies. A ticket for two, please, you could have been that man. Uh. If this was really showbiz, you would give me roses, and I would take your hand. Uh. Hollywood made it look easy, why did I have to tease me? I don't understand. I tried to love like in the movies, but all I got was plastic plans.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Right. That one was fire, man. I, I've been. uh, I was just perusing, you know, Spotify, trying to figure out what my slide would be. Listen to a bunch of different stuff, and that one really stuck out to me. I think Mm. a lot of these UK artists. You know, the UK is so uh, reverent of our sound. They love R and B. They love soul. All that stuff. Um, And so it's just so great to hear people like Mahalia, who's from the UK, making sounds. That sounds so close to home, but making it in a modern way you know, the production is very modern, but, you know, it starts out with the piano and the nice little cool filter sweeping up and then boom, the beat comes in. I love the 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 messages, too, is very simple, very nice. Like, you know, and she gives all these these uh, pictures of like trying to get real love. And, you know, I thought you had roses and this and and then third. But all I got was plastic plants, you know, getting fake love. It gave me that vibe too, so I really, I really, really enjoyed this track. Go take a look at her uh, isolation tapes project. I'm excited for her to give us more stuff. She she get, she dropped an album. I think it was what late 2019 or earlier this year. I forget, but uh, she dropped the an album and it was pretty good. Um So yeah, shout out to the production team on that one. Jahan, sweet, I see you, bro. You on you on a roll over here. I see you. he was he had some Kelani production too, so mm. he's nice.
0: There it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find the slide. Stay Busy slide deck is on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG or Twitter bio. Hit us with some slides as well at Stay Busy Pod on Twitter and IG or Stay Busy Pod at gmail.com. You ready for the board meeting, brother? The question is, are you ready, man? I, You know, I, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's jump right into it. What you, What you got for me? So I
1: was just on the Internet looking mm-hmm. in and thinking about, you know, what do we want to talk about for episode 22? Mm-hmm. And I stumbled upon this article in the New York Times talking about, you know, do we need music critics? And mm. oh, you coming for the? I was like, whoa, <laughs> I never really thought about it like that. I mean, obviously, we think about, you know, people who are we think about the media. We think about journals. We think about critiques and all the sort of things. And we've had conversations offline talking about, you know that we don't want to be the, the guys that just come on and just critique everyone's albums and talk about yeah. how this was bad and everything like that and that we want to have more responsible discussions about things like that and leave it open mm-hmm. up to interpretation. We do because I think it is important that we do talk about things and share our feelings and share our opinions. At the end of the day, who are we? Because art is, you know, subjective and art is for people who it's for, you know. It's not for everybody, even though, you know, you may like it, may not like it. It's not always for you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so, I wanted to, for us to kind of go back and forth, you know, me as an artist, uh, up and coming artist who's trying to make my 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 mark on this music industry in, the, in this yeah. world. Um, I can understand how in the media, how artists feel like the media, you know, doesn't portray, you know, in a good way. And like uh, I think of this song Anderson Pack has on the project he did with Knowledge, uh, that project called Yes Lord. He uh, has this song called H.A.N., um, and y'all will understand what it stands for when you go listen to the song. <laughs> and he's talking about people kind of in the media who are critiquing, and he's like, uh, I don't care about your job, couldn't care about your blog. like." Mm. And so he, it's a really interesting song that you y'all should go think of. And I was thinking about this song while I was reading the article, and like thinking about it, I was just like, wow, like, you know, why do artists make music? Artists don't make music for it to be critiqued and told how good it was, and how bad it is, or what it could have done better, and all that stuff. Artists make music, you know, to heal, to inspire, and to share it with those who really need it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted you to kind of open up a little bit more as a journalist, why you think journalism or critics are important to specifically music.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that We are necessary. I think that what we, what what I feel our job is, we have the responsibility of connecting fans to artists in uh, beyond the music. Like we kind of interpret the stories you all try to tell within your music. We provide accountability. We do interviews. We we do video interviews. We're able to answer the question, uh, the questions that the music might provide for people. Uh, Because not everyone is able to kind of sift through lyrics and not everyone goes to Genius and checks annotations, you know, like there's a lot of people who kind of listen just just for beats and vibes and kind of judge music that way. Mm -hmm. So I think journalists kind of bring that that element of being good technical writers, uh, doing research, bringing together different data and information to tell the full artist story and give them more of an identity outside of just, you know, this single that, that someone likes um so that's that's why it's very interesting as both a fan and a journalist because you know as a fan i get connected to certain artists but then as as a journalist you know you kind of you want to be objective but then at the same time it is also good to insert your, your your personal narratives into the music but that gets tricky because bias uh conveyed through a large platform can kind of make it seem as though that platform feels that way. For example, if, if I put a story out for, for Complex one day and it's bashing, you know, Playboy Cardi, for someone who, who isn't familiar with Complex as a whole, who isn't familiar with the fact that they have a bunch of writers who feel different ways, they might think that Complex is trying to do a, a total smear sh- campaign against Playboy Cardi just because of my opinion so it's 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 really murky waters to navigate and that's actually also why i wanted to pose a question to you that i just thought of you know being an artist you make music to heal inspire to tell your own story to kind of give people more of yourself but navigating the business of music you have to promote yourself you have to put yourself in in these places where you're going to be critiqued for example pitching your music to writers Mm -hmm. so you know like in, in, in doing that are you okay with you know? Let's say you you pitch a, a single to a writer. He, he 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 says, yeah, I'll write about it. He ends up not liking it, and he writes a harsh critique of of yours. Like, what what would that experience be like for you? Well,
1: I mean, it's one of those things where I think as as a artist, you want positive reception of your music. That's just natural. Right. That's just natural. You just want people to like what you've spent all this time, you know beating your head on the wall against, you you want people to like your sound. You want to be, I think every human wants that natural acceptance for like what they do, especially something that they create. You want to be able to say, oh, like, wow, man, like people like your song. Any artist who tells you otherwise is lying. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. At the core of it. Now, whether you care about how people negatively receive your music, that's a different story. But like everyone, when they make something, you want people to like it. That's just Mm -hmm. natural, right? Um, And so and that i don't and i think that's different from making music for people versus right. making music for yourself cuz i think you know naturally like artists we make stuff that we like you have to make stuff that you like right and this is natural it's an expression of how you're feeling and the things that are coming to your mind and you're putting it out onto wax right mm-hmm. but making music uh like i was saying making music for yourself and making music for p- other people is totally different and so mm-hmm. i think you naturally want the stuff that you make for people to like now in the case of you pitching yourself to someone who uh, says they're going to write about it and then don't write about it in the way that you would want. It's, I think it matter. It, it it depends on how much of a conversation it starts. Mm -hmm. Cause I think sometimes quote unquote negative press or negative reviews bring attention anyways. You know what I'm saying? People are kind of like, you know, no publicity is bad publicity. I agree with that to an extent. About ninety percent. I think there is ten percent of people, you know, because when say for example, you are one of the few listeners who's. In, I think people who are active listeners who even read music reviews. You're you're already a, a step ahead of the masses if you're reading music reviews and making decisions upon that. Like mm-hmm. even though that's bad in itself, if you're not going to listen to music and make a decision based on a review, that's bad. But the fact that you're even reading reviews and like trying to be active in that way, I applaud you. Yeah. So if you read a review. And you automatically dismiss a project that how that's how it could be harmful. But at the same time, do I even want that listener who's gonna just dismiss me off of a bad quote unquote review? Exactly. I want the people. I want a review that is challenging. I don't want necessarily like a review that's just so like oh you know like praising me this and that third. If I if I you know that if it didn't reach them that way, mm-hmm. if a review gives you praise but also challenges you, I think that that's what every artist should want. Because that's the sort of review that's going to breed discussion, and you want discussion, like when we were talking about um, French, mm-hmm. his press that was I would think of that as bad press personally, but at the end of the day, it bred discussion. Yeah. And so that's what I think every artist should be looking for, because your art is not going to be for everybody. Some right. people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. But that don't matter. You know what I'm saying? You may you, worry, you focus on. Did I do what I was supposed to do? We had that discussion in the levels chat. Shout out to levels. Um, but you I think as an artist, you need to be just at peace with what you put out. And so if people mm-hmm. want to write negatively and you're, you feel as negative or positive, hey. Someone wrote about it. Someone spoke about it. That's all I yeah. can take. And if those who are just to in, you know, not listen to my project based on that review, I didn't really care about them anyway. But mm-hmm. if people are going to listen and say, like, it can't be that bad or this that, and the third and they go listen to them. So I'm like, man, homeboy was tripping, blah, blah, blah. Then they mm-hmm. have their own discussion. They share. That's what you really want. That's a long winded yeah. answer, But you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, writers get a really bad rep from artists because some artists can't handle a negative review of their music. You know, they kind of treat an opinion as a fact or as like a a total platform's opinion. And it's two sided because it's like, you know, uh, I, in an ideal world, all artists feel comfortable enough with, with what they put out that, they accept the positive reviews and the negative reviews, but there's also a lot of people on the journalist side who are kind of parading as journalists that really shouldn't be doing it. You know, we've seen uh, these, these huge, huge, huge figures in music um, uh, who have gained platforms through negativity and trolling and and they're being labeled journalists. And, you know, it's not the case, but because they've done it, other people have seen it. And, you know, I've talked about social media a lot before, but, it's given a voice to a lot of people. There are a lot of people who who can be critics from their bedrooms, you know, e- even if they have no bylines, e- even if, you know, like there's no way to really prove that that they that they know what they say they know. If you find a way to develop a big following on on social media, like you have the power to kind of change what people think. Um so that's that's a really unfortunate thing that that we deal with because music journalism as a whole is a lot of people who feel like it's dead there's a lot of people who feel like you know it's it's not relevant and someone like me Mm -hmm. who's who's still coming up who really does try to be as responsible as possible in doing it it's like man like there there are a lot of opportunities that you know may not come our way because artists may just stop completely uh doing press as a whole um so it's nice that Journalism has become so accessible to people in in various different forms, whether it's written, whether it's verbal, whether it's video stuff. But, you know, just like some people feel like there are some people that, you know, just shouldn't be making music like there are some people just shouldn't be trying to position themselves right. as 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 critics. And it's you know, it, it's not to be harsh. It's not to position myself as a superior critic because I, I feel that there's a lot i still have to learn and you know one thing that i'll admit that i i ran into which a lot of writers kind of still do is with a lot of my stories i'll put a lot of personal anecdotes and, and a lot of myself into it and I, I felt that it made for a good story but for what our job is to do in reviewing the music and providing the context. For the artist, by you know, referring to their intervie- interviews and referring to the IG live videos, and basically finding ways to tell their stories holistically. You know, we're not supposed to put too much of ourselves in that. Now, even in reviewing music, where we're reviewing it based off of how how we how much we like it or how much we dislike it. But we saw, for example, last week with uh, Drake's Dark Lane demos tapes project, a lot of people's reviews and reactions had more to do with themselves. Than the actual music. You know, a lot of people were like, Ah, I, I grew up listening to So Far Gone, or I, I got my heart broken when, when Take Care dropped. You know, he's just not giving me that same feeling. It's like, yeah, well, if you listen to his right. 2013 interview with um with title, yes, he, I love he, that interview. He, he he says, I can't give you that feeling, you right? Right, like, yes. It, it, it's it's not fun for me to keep recreating the same thing. Like I'm going to keep doing Different things. So you know, even us as critics, who people you know call the tastemakers, and say that we're very impactful in 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 the culture. Like we we have our flaws too. So to kind of bring it back to your first question about whether we need music critics, I you know I I love my job. I I want to be as as successful as possible in doing it because it, it brings me a lot of joy. But based off of seeing what the game has become, I understand why a lot of people question the um need for them and you know there the, is this concept i've been working for a while or thinking about and I, I would love for you to help me with it you know i've been thinking about music as having three branches of 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 uh, government um the executive branch i'm gonna say is the artists they're kind of the face of, of the operations um and then it gets tricky for me when thinking of whether the fans slash critics are legislative or or judicial. And then whether the the labels are legislative or judicial, because I feel like they can be both like certain artists can be stifled by contracts with their labels, but they can also be stifled by by public opinion and, you know, critics as gatekeepers and tastemakers, uh, you know, to an extent, but uh, have, have power and and have influence. But at the end of the day, they're only sharing their opinions and fans opinions are important too. at, At the end of the day, you as an artist you, you it's its a very selfish endeavor you make music for yourself but you have to push it out selflessly to fans and, and connect with fans so it's like do you as an artist weigh fans opinions more do you weigh your label's opinion more or do you weigh critics opinions more so it's, it's just this whole mixed jumble of thing like maybe it's not three branches maybe it's a dictatorship like i don't, I
1: don't know <laughs> right i think embedded within the desire for artists is like like you said i wanted to point out the, the point of you saying like kind of the gatekeeper idea is that like the press, you, you want positive reviews because it's kind of like people see that as what we tell them to say that the social it's like a social cue is like when you see people that you respect, liking something that like social proofing. That's the idea. Right. So like When you see something, something that people if you respect, they like something, you're going to kind of like give it a chance. You know what I'm saying? And that's the kind of that embedded natural feeling of like artists who want you wanting press to kind of. Mess with them, you know what I'm saying? It, it does yeah. matter. It's important. And I think, like your point earlier, I don't, artists are never going to stop doing press because it's a part of getting yourself out there. And they mm-hmm. are the gatekeepers in so far as like having the the ears and the eyes already. Um, they are the gatekeepers for that. And I think that, yes, you can promote yourself and do so much on your own, but you do still need the cosigns of people. We see how much a cosign can do for people's career. It can start a career. It can end a career, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. You know what I'm saying? Like, Georgia got the Drake co-sign. Boom, like young, Got the Drake, you know what I'm saying? It, there's mm-hmm. so many different people who who get on on the co-sign when we talked about earlier in our earlier episode. But like I think that you artists do want the co-sign of you don't live for it and it's not the end all be all. But it's an impar- it's an important part of the overall package of a career is that having, you know, the the blogs and the and the the major outlets you know, check marking and cosigning your stuff and talking about you. So mm-hmm. it, it's one of those interesting things. I wanna ask you, what do you think are the proper criteria for a critic? I had to do my, my own kind of research on defining it myself just from, you know, the merriam Webster's sort of idea, mm-hmm. but then kind of saying that's a denotative meaning. What's the connotative feeling of a, of a, a critic? And as a, you know, journalists are critics by nature. Um, mm-hmm. And so, how do, what do you think are the criteria of someone that you would respect as a critic? Some of the, the critics that you respect, what do they have?
0: Um, One, it's a genuine love for for music, uh, genuine love for the culture, a respect for the culture, a responsibility within the culture, you know, even in being entertaining or or interesting in their stories, they don't ever, you know, do anything to misconstrue facts or make something look as as look as if what it isn't. Two, uh, you have to be honest. You have to be, like I said, you have to be responsible, um, and that comes with, with with proper training. You know, the, the, there's some journalists uh, who who have gone to school for it, whether that's just under, undergrad, whether it's it's a master's program as well. And through that, you know, you you learn the proper methods of of research and different techniques and APA and all that. Um, but you that it's that's not a necessary pre- prerequisite. It helps, but there are a lot of successful critics and writers who just kind of came up just studying music studying you know the source back in the day when it was popping studying all these popular magazines and writers and, and and how the different writers went about what they did and fostered their abilities and and now th- th- they're who they are like I- i've met so many people who are ahead of me that that you know didn't go to school or or did, didn't go to a, a cornell type school um so yeah, it's it's having that love for music, having the the responsibility, have uh, doing their best to have an unbiased ear. Like there are a lot of people who kind of clearly target certain stories or frame certain stories a certain way to gain favor with artists. And I think one thing you have to come into this and kind of get rid of, and it's something we talked about in in our Regina episode, is like you know losing that kind of fantasy of being around all these different celebrities and, and rappers. It's fun. Like, so, so some of them end up being really cool, but that's not what this is about. Now right. it, in, in connecting with them, it does help you to be able to, to tell their stories and, and to understand them more, but it should all come back to the work that you're doing because the work that you're doing is being put out to other people. This is where I think the, the uh, slight necessity of, of critics comes in is because there are a lot of people who uh, who, uh, you talked about earlier, who do just go by what the complexes, vibes, billboards, revolts, like they they really go by what they say. Like I've, I've one friend who every time we talk about albums, he, uh, he, he, uh, he he brings up the uh, scores from Metacritic and, and and it kind of uses that to to judge, you know, which albums are better. I'm like, Oh, but like you, you, you know that's just them kind of bringing together different journalists opinions and then kind of scoring it based off of, some metric which I don't really understand so even in that even in 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 the numbers that that they attach to albums it's just made up of people's opinions so it's um so yeah I mean at the end of the day there's no closure there's no finality and like you know there there are obviously certain writers who have been doing this longer and are, are more credible but like at the core at the foundation you have to you have to love music Like, that's that's so important. Uh, You have to write responsibly. You have to know how to write. Um, And it has to be more about the storytelling and what you're putting out rather than you and what you can gain from it.
1: Now, lastly, I kind of want to use this kind of like the elephant in the room. Sure. It's kind of like, you know, us having this podcast and in the chat section, us talking about different songs and different albums and whatnot, and you mm-hmm. know there's people who are out there thank you all who who respect our opinions as musicians and as and as journalists and and people who really like we say, we have that love for the culture for the music yeah. um, it's kind of like in a way we are it's like the elephant in the room is us saying you know we're kind of not, it's not hypocrisy because that we're calling out the bad critics but at the same time mm-hmm. you know people may not agree with the take and at the end of the day cool. i think people have to understand is that yes it we all bring our biases to something you know mm-hmm. so I, I i had discussion with people on twitter people saying you know talking about the uh, the summer walker projects and i was saying how much i love the ep and i was so excited for the album because i love the ep and it just sounds so new and so raw and mm-hmm. it felt like it felt like the, the new version of neo soul and then I got the album and I just didn't love it at all. And people were saying, well, you know, I play it both back to back. Um, and it was just, you know, just having these discussions, I think is, is the more important part of it. I think is that the end of the day being able to say, we agree to disagree. And at the end of the day, it's just how we feel and what we bring to the, mm-hmm. to the point, and that we both have a love for it. no matter what we're discussing. And so mm-hmm. it, we try to use this platform as it's a positive outlet because yes, we do good on hand. We do critique yeah. you know, for lack of a better word. We, we do critique stuff and I don't necessarily consider myself a critic as an artist, but I think naturally when, you know, we want to, like I said, we bring our own biases to stuff, but we naturally want to analyze and talk about stuff at the end of the day. And I think that every project that we've discussed on this podcast that I hope that it has made you all regardless if you agree with us or disagree that it has made y'all reflect you know introspectively think about more how you engage with the project and hopefully you revisited some stuff hopefully this has opened your eyes with the slide decks and different things like open your eyes to different things that we're listening to and just new perspectives i think as the end of the day and so um i just wanted to address that because it's like almost hypocritical (laughs) to say like do we need
0: music critics oh no (laughs) maybe so
1: but and but wait we're on here critiquing music so
0: Hey, man, I, I'll be the first to tell you I'm I, I'm not necessary. I'm, I'm only here because people want me to write for them. Um, And, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest, like, I, I think I'm pretty good at what I do. But, yeah, like, I, I don't I, I never expect any of y'all to agree with my takes. I don't think I'm right. Like we the whole point of this podcast, I'm so glad we have it, is to foster these responsible discussions. We don't want it to just be, oh, this song was a vibe. Oh, this beat was dope. Like, we want we you try to really think about songwriting, kind of get into where certain artists was at when they put out that sad song we want y'all to think about the the strategy and singles that are put out because it's more than just i'm i'm Armon. i like this i i want to hear this but it's oh that's miguel miguel wants to accomplish this with this album how is he going to do that why did he do that why did he take his sound to that point Um, and so I I think critics are good in kind of connecting those dots that we as fans may not even look for because we just get so connected to the person right? and and we get connected to certain material. And this is why I'm always going to fight you guys on the weekend. (laughs) I'm always going to fight you on the weekend. If you listen to his early work trilogy and you get to his newer work, the content is nearly the same. It just is packaged differently. I, I, I want I you to really if, if there's anything that I, I will really, really fight our listeners tooth and nail on. And, you know, I'm not going to actually fight y'all. But <laughs> it's just, I, I, I really I, I understand a, something not sounding the way you might want it to. But, you know, I, I just I want you to open your mind to that because songwriting well, it answers a lot of the questions that, you know, your issues with with vibes may not answer. So all that to say, I'm just Armon. I'm just a guy who's been who's been very <laughs> fortunate to, to get the bylines that he has, and I, I am looking to get bigger bylines, and I'm going to continue to try to put my voice on on a larger platform. But my goal is always to to, to do the responsible discussions um and so you know maybe I, maybe i'm not necessary but i'm i'm here and i'm going to continue doing the work that i do
1: right and I mean, and me for me as an artist an artist who's on a platform kind of discussing other artists work I understand how artists you know our stuff is our there are our children there are our, our prized possessions they tell we tell very vulnerable stories we open up about things in songs that we probably never told anyone else mm-hmm. um and so it's kind of like hiding in plain sight in a way when you're making music is that, you know, you're sharing things that you've never told anybody and then everyone in the world is going to hear it. And so I understand what sort of place you have to go to, to vulnerably kind of open up. Uh, Lady Gaga was talking about songwriting as being like, you know, it's like, it's painful. It's like open heart surgery. It's like she's, you know, making, making songs is just like such a exhausting emotional experience. Sometimes and people have, many people have discussed that artist that's not something new um but so i would hope that you know people who are even listeners of this podcast you are people who are seeking out a little bit more depth in everyday Mm -hmm. music and conversation and so i appreciate you all for listening and so Mm -hmm. all i hope is that everyone takes a moment to Think about and listen more, especially from my perspective as an artist. I just want you all to challenge and say, like, you know, Mont say where was the artist coming from when they wrote this? Where are they thinking about that? I want you guys to think a little bit level, deeper outside of the vibe and the beat and all that. Come on. Like, you know, anyone can feel that. I want you all to challenge yourself to think about, ooh how did this hook you know that the songwriting maybe you don't have to get as technical as we do you know from you know we're in it in it but like i want you guys to reflect and think about a little bit more about the stories and things like that and so uh, that's all i can hope is that people this is po- this podcast is making you all think
0: man i wanted to get get these thoughts out for a while thank you for this platform <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: why i'm here ep and baby just trying there to get the best
0: uh bulletin board. Let's see what there is. Uh really nothing. There is Nelly Luda next week, and I b- believe it's happening Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, y'all, y'all get get your jerseys, get get your band-aids, you know, your Timberlands, your do-rags, your 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 3XL white or oh whatever God. you're wearing to this event, it's it's gonna be crazy. Uh and Stay Busy does think that Luda is going to take it. Um with that i'm armand the host head honcho the unnecessary necessary critic um (laughs) (laughs) this is my ep nick early yeah the boy and we want y'all to stay safe stay humble stay busy
1: The best podcast in the city, y'all mind it. Girl, with the flex, stay busy. Topic yes. at the top of conversation, stay litty, keep it witty, no witty. Stay out jiggy, you yet, gritty, stay busy. Yeah. Six lines, busy, get involved. All you little other podcasters getting cross, get lost, like trying to guard crawl, firm. I'm trying to run a cover like moss, burn. Yeah. Stay busy, nigga, arm dedicated. Cornell, grass, so you know they educated. Chilling yeah. every episode, I know the haters hate it, but they love it on the low, it's confused, admiration. We live right now, Ray J on the line with it. This podcast,
0: yeah. straight up. Trevor Scott Lim, The sure sent an episode I might hit, but I left the on arm once I watched it. You know the Boy clean, I ain't washed up Levels crew with me, get involved, Mo My guys know the music, they
1: are not slow So get situated with this hot show You know we stay busy 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 No stay
0: busy No we stay busy